Hey everybody, you're listening to a brand new episode of Saul's Life with me, your host, Saul. And I'm super excited to bring you guys this week's episode. Um, As usual, I have my main man, Ross, with me on this one. Couldn't do it without him. Um, I'm also bringing back Brock. Uh, Just super excited to have him back. Um, He was on a previous podcast before. And I also have another prestigious guest uh, with us, um, attorney Emily Cundiff. And um, she's out of uh, Washington, D.C. And when we get back, we're going to go ahead and be talking about the list of possible of possible B. VP picks that uh, Joe Biden is uh, going to be choosing from um, to uh, to be his vice president. So I uh, can't wait, like I said, to get started on this. Um, as soon as we get back, um, we'll go ahead and kind of go down the line a little bit and give you guys a little bit of uh, information about each one of the candidates to maybe help you, uh, help you, you know, kind of make up your mind on who, who you'd like to see uh, Joe Biden pick as a VP candidate um, or as his vice president. Um, so yeah, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Uh, you're listening to Saul's Life. And uh, I'd like to welcome everybody back to Saul's Life here. And I've got my first guest uh, who just joined the show. Um, we'll be joined uh, later on by everyone else in a second. But I'm glad this thing worked. Em, how you doing? I don't know. Can you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can hear you. I know. I know. It's a little weird. I know. I know. Um, but, uh, it's, uh, it, it, I don't know, this whole app and, and, and the way I've got everything set up, um, has really let me, um, has really let me kind of, uh, be able to, to do this. So hopefully it won't crash with, uh, with the more people that come on here. I'm only going to have uh, Brock and Ross on. And as soon as I mentioned that, I'd like, I want to go ahead and welcome Brock as well. Brock, how you doing, bud? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Um, I've got Emily here. Uh, Brock, Emily, Emily, Brock. I'll let you guys uh, talk to each other and introduce yourselves real quick. Hey there. <laughs> Hi, Emily. Nice to meet you. I'm Brock. I am uh, <laughs> super excited to be logo. here for. <laughs> super excited to be on here for the second time. I feel like a celebrity now, oh. or like a, almost a regular. Am I like a guest appearance then? Well, I mean, look. You, number one, Brock, that's flattering. Number two, um, <laughs> um, this is like a, I, I called you a, my, a very prestigious guest because uh, this is your first time on here. And um, <laughs> you shouldn't actually, set the bar that high, but you know, let's go with it. Well, um, now that I got you on here real quick, could you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and I guess just how we know each other as well? Um, because I, I don't think Brock knows us or knows knows how we know each other Jesus. Uh, nobody else and I, I mean and our listeners obviously you know i want to like kind of show off you know who you are so <laughs> god um i don't know we've known each other for like 10 or 15 i don't know a long time to at least 10 years um uh, we met as servers and then uh, I know I wanted to do way too much of higher education. And uh, I live in DC now. I'm an attorney up here, you know, living the life. Yeah. <laughs> living the life. You're like, uh, you, you know, you need to speak a little bit better about yourself because you went to like American University up there. And that's a big deal because of Diane Ream for me. The Diane Ream. You actually, hold on. When I got accepted to American, you told me it was a made-up school. And I said, no, Diane Ream has a show at American. <laughs> Number, all right. So I'm going to, 
gonna warn everybody. She knows. She, she remembers a lot of a lot a lot more stuff than I do about about the things I've said in the past. So don't judge me, anybody. Um, oh, she's got receipts on you, huh? Oh, my, dude, you have no idea. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and welcome Ross into the show. Ross, how you doing, man? I'm chilling, my brother. I'm good. How are you guys doing? I'm good, man. Uh, Brock is in here. Emily's in here. The homie um, Brock Monroe. What's going on, Mr. Brock? It's going well. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well, kind sir. Miss Emily, nice to meet you. Yes, hello. Through these <laughs> internet streets. You know, um, we've, we've been on lockdown up here since uh, March, so there's not a lot of streets to see. <laughs> yeah. See, I feel like I'm talking to y'all from, like, the safe zone almost, like... Up here, in New- I'm in New York State, so we're still got our restrictions, but like we're not as scared. Yo, my guy, it's a cluster down here. Oh yeah, well, I mean, hey, I was telling y'all in March and April when I saw people going out to going out to the beaches and partying up and all that, and I was like, hey, we locked down up here. This ain't no joke. Yeah, well, I um, I, I don't even, I don't even want to get started because I'm literally <laughs> seeing like uh. I mean, I, I told uh, Brock and I and, and uh, a buddy of ours, Matt, we're on a, on a thread and we kind of talk uh, almost every day a little bit. And I was letting them know that uh, there's people like throwing uh, warehouse raves here in Orlando and like and parties <laughs> and stuff. And like nobody cares um, how. And Fucking I want to ask Em this. Yeah, Em, how, how is D.C. throughout all this? And how, how, how are you guys no we locked down we did we were probably a couple weeks after new york right we were like oh shit that's real and we locked down real fast um and we did pretty good and then we started a phase one at like the end of may or beginning of june and then uh you know last week we saw a tiny uptick in cases like really tiny and our mayor was like, nope, we're not fucking with this. And so she instituted new parameters that are in place until October. Uh, I, was, I, was, uh, I was actually going to ask you who who, um, who initiated it only because I know that D.C., well, it's the district. It's not necessarily within a state. So I was going to ask who, who was initiating it, but you already gave a shout out. Yeah, it's, it's Mayor Bowser. She's Bowser. Yeah. Um. And, and like they set a pretty strict parameter guideline of what they were going to do for phased openings. Um, and she's pretty much stuck with it. Um, you know, we did tamp down a lot of the rates and then it, it ticked up just a little bit. And she's like, no. And I think uh, most recently they're saying Baltimore is the hardest hit area right now in the mid-Atlantic, which lots of people commute in from Baltimore to work in D.C. So, yeah. um, you know, she's trying to tamp it down. And they just decided that... Uh, the schools are going to be remote for the at least the first half the year. So, you know. Jeez, yeah, I wish they would do that here. And, well, in Osceola County anyways. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Don't, get, don't get so started. Yeah, don't get me started on that. Um, <laughs> real quick, while I have a cause, – because I completely forgot I wanted to do this at the beginning as well. Um, Brock, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself again? Only because I know the last time you were on, we we had a little bit of a technical difficulty there, and the sound kind of went in and out. But uh, like you're, you know, I think it's working loud and clear here. So, kind of want everybody to know uh, who you are and, and and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, 
I'm Brock Monroe. I'm uh, from Orlando. I met Saul actually serving as well. Um, and I live up in Buffalo, New York now. I work for an education nonprofit, kind of been bouncing around uh, the Northeast for a little bit here. Um, really thankful to be living in uh, Cuomo State, though. He's been holding it down. And then besides that, you know, just doing everything I can to make sure our natural national nightmare is over in November. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, you know, since you went ahead and brought up the national nightmare and you brought up November, um, I want to kind of get right to this um, because I feel like we kind of got a lot to talk. Well, you know, you guys got a lot to say. Uh, I'm just going to kind of play devil's advocate a little bit and, uh, maybe ask questions from the peanut gallery. Um, but I know this whole episode, um, I-, I wanted to bring you guys in on this because uh, Joe Biden is yet to pick a, a vice president, uh, vice, a VP candidate or whatever. And um, yeah, we, there's a lot of them here. Uh, Stacey Abrams, mm-hmm. uh, former Georgia state rep, uh, Tammy Baldwin, uh, Karen Bass, Keisha Lance Bottoms, Val Demings, another Tammy Duckworth, uh, Michelle, uh, Grisham, Kamala Harris, who I hate, uh, Susan Rice, Elizabeth Warren. I know, uh, Brock, you're big on her. And uh, yeah. Gretchen Whitmer as well. Um, I was talking to Emily earlier today a little bit, and she said that she thinks it's going to be one of the Tammies. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll start off by this, because I, I was talking to Buddy, too, and we're all just kind of chewing the shit about this whole thing. Um He's not too high on Elizabeth Warren only because and I and I kind of agree with him a little bit on this kind of sour on what she did to uh, Bernie what and how that whole situation went down. Um, so nah, he doesn't like her because they disagree and they've gone like toe to toe for like a decade. Like they just don't see eye to eye on shit. Well, she, I mean, from what I remember, so Elizabeth Warren kind of threw Bernie Sanders under the bus. Did she not? Or is this? So, so if you don't mind, I'd love to jump in on this one. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Um, so the whole thing with that, though, is so Elizabeth Warren, basically what happened is uh, if you look back at the campaign for a while, uh, there was obviously both Bernie and Elizabeth Warren were kind of trying to angle to get that progressive lane. Um. And they actually had met beforehand to actually talk about which one of them is going to run. And they both decided to run. Um, and for a while, what had happened is, if you look back at the reports, Bernie's campaign people for a minute had been kind of uh, really going strong after Warren and Warren's voters. Um, so obviously, uh, Bernie never said anything in public against Warren, but... That was definitely, they were definitely knew that she had voters that they thought would go to her. Um, after, after this got on for a little bit, what ended up happening is apparently, according to reports, there had been a story floating around uh, the DC media circle for a while that during that meeting that they had in 2018, Bernie and Warren, that Bernie had told Warren uh, that a woman couldn't, that he didn't think a woman could run, uh, could win the presidency. And this story ends up getting confirmed um, by a Warren staffer. And then Warren's asked about it. Warren's like, yeah, this is what happened. Um, Bernie comes out and says, of course, that's not what he said. 
and really rebuked rebuked it. And there's even a if you look back at the debate right afterwards, there's even interaction between the two of them after Bernie says this, where Warren goes up to him after the debate and says, "You, I believe you just called me a liar on the national stage." You know, after they're off mic, reportedly, but uh, it ended up getting picked up other anyway. And so what I think really happened here is, and we need to be aware of, and I, I definitely try to be aware of, is just like we have microaggressions in race, we have microaggressions with every um, every oppressed group, including women. And so what I believe, what I believe happened here, what my take is, is that Bernie had a microaggression in that way towards Warren, whether he said that explicitly or not. But as happens, at least a lot from my experience, a lot of times the person who is doing the microaggression isn't aware of that. Right. And so Bernie was, I don't think he was lying when he said he didn't say that. I don't think he thought he said that. But I do think he said something in that, in that area because the person who's offended of the microaggression is normally the person who's going to remember it. So I know there's definitely there was definitely a lot of conflict there in with Bernie and Warren, but really I think a lot of that comes down to how gender unfortunately is seen in our politic. And I think um, if you need a better example of like how gender plays out, something that really kind of opened my eyes around that was specifically if you look at the support that Bernie got in the primary in 2016 and compared to 2020, which. Bernie got way more support in 2020 going uh, – or 2016 than he did in 2020. And the only difference is, you know, he was again going against a moderate in uh, uh, Joe Biden this time instead of of Hillary. And really what's the big outlier there is sex, is gender. And so I think a lot of that can really – is really kind of overplayed and looked at as malicious and – politics but in reality it's the world we live in microaggressions exist they happen and when people in oppressed groups call them out i think we do need to give at least a little bit more credence to that and step back and instead of looking at how to defend actually looking at taking a deep look at ourselves and that action and if that is something that we did so that's kind of my take on that little interaction uh em, what do you think what <laughs> I think, um, I mean, just in general, you know what I mean about uh, Elizabeth Warren, I guess, and about Elizabeth Warren, or about I guess about Elizabeth Warren, because we're past the Bernie comments. Um, I don't think that she's going to be his running mate. I, I they're they do not get along. He wants somebody that he gets along with. Um, I think the progressives, no matter who he picks, right? Like he's not a progressive in and of himself by and large, right? He's kind of the bellwether. Um, I think the progressives are going to hold their nose for whoever they have to, right? So we don't gain anything by picking someone who is far left on a lot of policies, even though I very much like her. I think she's incredibly talented. She... She is one of those people that overperforms, right? She has to come overly prepared for everything that she does. But I don't think that he gains anything by picking her as a lead. Um, I think he's going to go someone more moderate and someone middle middle of the country. 
Yeah, I I definitely agree with you on that, Emily. I think um, I love Elizabeth Warren. I think she is the smartest person in politics right now. Um, as a progressive myself, I would love to see her as the VP. I don't think she's going to be, mainly because she's got three big knocks against her. Um, one, she's a she's a progressive, so she's going to get painted immediately as very liberal. Two, she's also in her 70s, which when the candidate is 77, isn't exactly something that's super promising. And then also, you know, she's white. And there's a lot of calls out there right now for Biden to pick a woman of color. So she looks great for being in her 70s. I'll tell you that. I didn't know that. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, oh my God. If I could have the energy of Elizabeth Warren in my 70s, I'll do whatever it takes right now. Dude, I you want the energy me. now that she's got. <laughs> but that's the overperformance, right? Like that's, yeah. she's got to overperform to win everyone's approval right that's that's the so Hmm. ross um what do you think about uh elizabeth warren do you think she's got a chance or well i don't know i don't know if she has a chance because i don't know what the party's doing the party seems to uh the part i think what what uh what brock just said in terms of you know there's like pressure for him to pick a woman of color quote unquote you know what i'm saying but i I personally like Elizabeth. I liked her more than I like Biden, and I definitely like her more than I like Bernie. Um, you know, I I like her because of the in two thousand and eight during the financial crisis. I would I would listen to a lot of uh, a lot of NPR. I would watch a lot of um, I would watch a lot of PBS, and she was on there a lot. That was back when she was teaching uh, law at Harvard, and you know, she pitched the idea of like the oversight, like what was it like a. The, the CFP agency was yes, yes, the consumer protection, protection bureau, financial protection bureau. Yeah. and so yeah, like I, I liked her ideas then. Now the you know Emily said something about her being overprepared. I kind of like that. She has a plan for everything. You know what I mean? Um, and because of that, I think that would be a good idea for him to pick her. However, yes, if he picks her, she's automatically going to be. Um, She's automatically going to be be pigeonholed as a leftist, you know, a mm-hmm. because I think she, at least reputation wise, she's the one who's considered to be the most progressive. Well, I don't know if she's considered as progressive as Stacey Abrams, but because of because of the fact that she would be considered like to be, you know, the uh, the the leftist uh, if if she gets picked by him, that's why I don't think he would pick her. Well, then again. We don't know how well they get along either. So, yeah, we'll see. How- well, I would say on two points, um, the I think, Ross, you brought up a great point. I think if she is the pick, I think what, you, what you'll see from the campaign and what you should see from the campaign is they know how bad the financial crisis that we're in right now is. Especially if you look at the Republicans' latest bill and who even knows if we'll get this next stimulus package passed. I think you basically look at it and say, this is about the economy. That's what this pick is about. We need to redesign our economy and get us out of here. Um, The other thing I would like to note when talking about Warren is a lot of people like to talk about her for other cabinet positions. But the big thing that people need to remember is that Massachusetts actually has a Republican governor. So when you're talking about the Senate, Warren, it's kind of a VP or bust pick because if she's VP, she could resign her Senate seat and somebody else run in November. Um, 
And if she's picked after the fact, then you'd have to see Charlie Baker would actually get the chance to appoint a Republican senator. To oh, the yeah, and, and the party bosses would not like that. Yeah, exactly. Losing a Democrat, especially when it's going to be so close in the Senate, would not be not be great. Um, um, well, like I said earlier, or mentioned earlier, um, Em and I were speaking, and she kind of said that she thinks it's going to be one of the Tammies. Um, <laughs> so what we got Tammy Baldwin from Wisconsin, and then Tammy Duckworth uh, from Illinois. And uh, Tammy Duckworth's the one with the uh, oh, man, with like the prosthetic legs, right? That's right. Yeah. She has a purple heart, my brother. Yeah, that's wild. Um, I think she's a better, between the Tammies, I think she's a better pick than Baldwin because she's from Illinois. She's got wonderful optics. Like, can you imagine her on stage? Mm -hmm. Like, she she has so much history, so much career experience. You cannot assault her character. Like, nope solid person whereas tammy baldwin also fantastic but wisconsin like i if i understand it she's gonna have to give up her seat in a state that Mm -hmm. trump barely won last time right like so is it possible that a republican could win a special election like if you're looking Mm -hmm. at keeping the senate like i think you go with duckworth over baldwin yeah i definitely agree i think personally i think and we do have to say that like the data actually says that like the VP pick doesn't really have a great impact on the overall election except in their home state. So we don't want to play too much into the electoral politics because the data doesn't really back that up that much. But Duckworth, I think is actually the smartest political pick. If you're talking about like getting those voters on the margin one, she is a woman of color. She is a military veteran. She's also um, changed the rules of the Senate floor so that she could bring her child onto the Senate floor after she gave birth. The first 50 senator to ever give birth. Um, whoa, 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 hold on. She gave Ross, she gave birth to a kid at 50? At 50. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's the only woman, Congresswoman, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think she's the only woman to have given birth while she was serving in Congress. I'm telling y'all, well, y'all don't know, but that's who a couple, maybe it was last week or two weeks ago, actually, I was like, look, that I was telling Saul and a couple of our friends, like, yeah, that's that's my pick, personally. That's who, not much my pick, that's who I would like to get it. I never get what I want, so I'm worried about that, but (laughs) that's who who I would like to get the VP pick, yeah. I think she's she's the smartest pick out of the out of the short list that have been circulating like she is formidable she is a badass like you cannot assail her right like Tucker Carlson tried and and Emily I think that's a good point because I think in all of this we have to remember who the opponent is so it's it's Donald Trump and we got to remember what the attacks he's going to launch on her so specifically the attack that I believe he would launch against Duckworth is the fact that she's actually wasn't born in the United States. She was born in uh, Bangkok, yep. Thailand. Um, of course, that doesn't, contrary to popular belief, that doesn't actually disqualify her because she is a natural citizen because her father is an American citizen. Um, so she actually is still qualified for a job. And so that will be the attack that Donald Trump will launch against her, against a military veteran 
who lost both of her a legs wounded vet, my in combat yes. and is also a daughter of, uh, what is it? It's a daughter of the revolution. So she has like a direct line of lineage to the revolutionary war. Um, and oh, so Lord. I think, I think one of the reasons to pick her is because you can kind of see what Trump would do in that case. And I think that is a battle that will make him look even worse. Yep. Yeah. Attacking a military veteran for not being born in the United States. Who made the and ultimate I think, sacrifice. And it's, and I mean, a little bit like this, I think picking it is kind of like playing poker, right? So it's, it's saying, all right, so play, you know, you don't play your cards. You play the person against you, right? You got to see what, what do you think the attacks from Trump are going to be? And I think that's a winner right there. I think she's really strong and I and I also think she's young, right? So one of the things I think Biden is gonna be looking at is if he doesn't want to run again in four years, who's he gonna give the reins to, right? Like yep. he has a ton of experience. She she has, you know, foreign experience, even if it's not foreign affairs, right? Like she's got a bunch of background that could lend itself to saying, Okay, maybe I just do one turn and let her take over. You know, it's, uh, yeah, I think she's wrong. I think that's a great point, too, just knowing the fact that it is very much rumored that Biden will only run for one term. Um, and uh, he hasn't confirmed that because he doesn't want to be a lame duck president. Um, but definitely taking that into account, and I think she could be someone who steps in there very cleanly. Also, if you haven't, I really suggest you all listen to her talk about her military service. It's so inspiring. Like she is a damn war hero, but she refuses to accept being called a hero. Like if she ever, if you ever bring that up, like in interviews, they always, she'll always immediately direct it. No, no, the heroes are the people who pulled me out of my helicopter after we crashed. That's like that's just how inspiring. Yeah, no, she's gangster, man. She's gangster. Like I, you guys said everything that I would have wanted to say about her. So yeah, man, she's. she's I uh. I, I I don't know her story. I mean, that's that's what happened. Her hel the helicopter crashed because I mean I've seen yeah. her I've seen her on TV. Obviously, you know I've, I've seen her speak before. Um, I've never heard her whole story. Um, yeah, so she actually um, I believe it was a rocket pro propelled grenade shot her uh, helicopter down, and so she was able to land it where everybody else survived, but she lost both of her legs in the incident. Um, wow. Yeah, she, and, she and also the chopper. Yeah, she's a pilot. So think about that too. Like <laughs> we know, boy. we know how it's hard for women to advance in the military. Like there are so few ha female helicopter pilots. That's the kind of person she is. She sees a challenge, and that doesn't stop her. She wants. She goes for it. Hmm. And meanwhile, our president like dodged the draft because of bone spurs. Right? Like think of like the optics of it. It's just so powerful. Which she's also the person who coined the term uh, cadet bone spurs for Trump, yeah. which is just great. <laughs> oh, Actually, I, you know, like a couple days ago, I was like, you know, I wonder like what oppo research has been dug up on her now that she's kind of on the short list. And the only thing I could really find was that in an interview, I think with Tucker Carlson, she was talking about how like she was maybe sympathetic to statutes of Washington also being torn down. And then she had to like, kind of go back and clean it up. But I was like, wait, 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 no, no, no. I was with you at the first point. Like, <laughs> yeah. Cause I believe what, I believe what she said is she's like, 
that there should be like a she's like oh like i think that's for like a committee to decide or something like that basically like yeah i was like i'm i'm with you keep going down that road let's talk about it i mean are people really going that ham bone about it in dc about these statues and everything like that or no i don't care i mean we like you know painted our street and we like kept it moving you know Brother, yeah. you know that that is only an issue when you get below the Mason Dixie line. Ugh, <laughs> it's horrible down here, bro. It it is it's the it's the most ridiculous, the asinine argument I've ever seen, and uh, it's funny. Well, it's even funnier that they, if they do take these statues down, and when they do or whatever, it's always like in like you know the darkest of night. When, like, nobody's oh, yeah. around. Yeah, that's when they have to do it. <laughs> that's when they have to do it. So, you know, whatever. Um, I, I said earlier, I, I'm not too happy about uh, Demings um, and no. uh, or, or Harris either. Um, kind of kind of up there. And I guess, why, why would Demings be up here? Just because it's Florida? Like, the, the whole swing state kind of, kind of, kind of issue? Or... Yeah, so I think, I mean, I think the fact that, um, one, it's a swing state. Two, she did kind of, uh, you know, cut her teeth a little bit as she was, for those that don't know, she was actually one of the case managers for the impeachment of Donald Trump. Um, So she had a big place there. And then also, obviously, part of it is the fact that she's a black woman as well. Um. I personally don't think it's going to be her because I think she doesn't have enough name recognition, even in Florida. And she also comes with all the baggage of being a, a cop. Yeah. yeah. So, Just so that. Have- <laughs> what was that? What was that, Em? Just that little piece. Just that little nugget. <laughs> Oh yeah, she's she's time, you know. <laughs> yeah. Orlando having the crime rate it does, you know. Yeah, so that's that's the that's the issue. Like she was, although that being a cop is not that bad of a situation, only because if we're if we're thinking about it, you know, we're still like the party is still trying to trying to get some people who are still on the fence. And so mm-hmm. her being at her law enforcement background, you know, being chief and whatnot, kind of gives her like this kind of what is it they like to say, law and order background. Yeah. And but then they might look at how was crime during during her tenure? And then I remember Saul, you brought up that she had made some comments during when she did an appearance on the show about yeah. how, she, um, how she had to worry more about you know certain things over some of the actions of her um, of her officers. Yeah, it was uh, you know she she was on this other podcast, uh, local podcast here in Orlando. I I man. I, I'm so bad with names, man. Shout out to them if they ever hear this. Cause, <laughs> I, you know, I'm just, hey, man, we got international fans. Yeah, yeah. Well, apparently, oh, Mexico too is in there. By the way, one percent. <laughs> but um, build that wall. Yeah, yeah. But, I'm telling uh, you, they got to build the wall. They're gonna keep us out of there. Well, part of that wall just fell over anyways, or something. Apparently, <laughs> I I was reading, but anyways. Um, oh yeah, from Hurricane Hannah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so stupid, but um. <laughs> But yeah, she she pretty much said she had to turn uh kind of turned a blind eye pretty much because the the crime rate was so high that uh something had to be done. So it's almost like she what she said was she just kind of turned turned away from cops just brutally beating everybody up for no yeah, reason. Yeah, that it it does have like under her watch 
the use of force was a little was a little high. And I don't know that Biden wants to spend his time or his people, you know, like that the campaign wants to spend their time explaining that up, especially after she was like, well, you know, crime was very high, so we didn't focus that much on the use mm-hmm. of our officers. And it's like, Ugh. No, it's ridiculous. Plus, I honestly don't even think the Blue Lives people would vote for her anyways. Oh, exactly. You're not winning those people over anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like, give me a break. So... I um j- just on the, that that alone, I, I just feel like you know she, she'd be a horrible choice. Um, the same thing with uh Kamala Harris. Yeah, what no. was she? The DA in California? No, she, she was Kamala, like Pamela. The AD. What what was she? She was a district attorney, but then she she was against like legalizing marijuana, like a fucking basic litmus test of human decency. Like no pass. Like, you're locking up parents for, like, their kids not going to school and then justifying it. Like, stop. Like, no. Hold on. She did what now? She, like, justified her truancy actions, right? Yeah. They prosecuted truancy. Like, it's inane. (laughs) (laughs) I have, I have, uh. Like Biden's goal has to be right now, like don't mess up your lead, right? So like do no harm. It was neutral or ads, right? And so like you yep. don't take people that are gonna create some side story. No. <laughs> yeah, well, you know when you think about when you think about the debates, um, I don't know if you guys ever witnessed her. Like during those Senate hearings on anything, she asks amazing questions because of that. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because of her background as a DA, number one, or just maybe because she's an attorney in general. But there's that. And the fact that um her her um her presidential campaign, like her presidential team, did a lot like in terms of like vetting her, trying to figure out like what her opponents could say about mm-hmm. her. So any I feel I don't I you know I wouldn't be like the guy who knows it all, but I feel like Anything that the campaign, like the Trump campaign, would throw at her, she would be ready to respond because they've done such a good job of like making sure they had all their ducks in a row, just in terms of like, okay, what, what would the what would the opposition research be like? So they dug everything up about her, and she's ready to just you know defend. They did a really good job on Oppo, but like Russ, like like Russ, like like you want her to stay in the position that she is so amazing at like her impeachment inquiries were hard hitting and they were laser focused like that is her happy place that is where she does amazingly like veep is not that role um you said, you said apple what's apple i don't know apple opposition research oh i gotcha 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 right. so, so personally i don't want i don't like kamala harris you know what I mean? I don't that, that I've never like when she got the DA in, in California, that was great. You know what I mean, I was happy about that, you know, and that's what like back in uh, when did she win? That she got the job. No, she's been, she's been like it was early 2000s, but, you know, it was a big thing. Great, happy for her. That was that was a beautiful thing. But once she became a senator, I was like, oh, okay, let's see what she does. Senator, that's great. But the the whole idea of her being president, because she has that record as a DA, no, that's not who I would want as president, not who I would want as VP either. Definitely not. But I would 
talk about the Biden campaign here and um and and of course the Democratic Party at large, you know, and so they did in terms of what the people have wanted and what the party themselves want, it's been very um it's been varying in terms of the differences between what the people who claim to be, right, the people who support the party and the people who run the party. You know, there was a time when everybody was like, well, yeah, you know, we wanted Bernie or Hillary. And then what ended up happening? Just everything came out of everything that they've done to make sure that Hillary got the nomination, right? Donna Brazil just ended up having to spill all the beans. And then we saw the same thing happen with Biden, right? Because now Bernie was being painted as a socialist. And now there's this, there's been this big thing about America not being a socialist country and all that fun stuff. So as far as like um, the fact that she is a black woman and she's not too far left of center, I don't see it as a as too far off as, as of a pick. Is that who I would prefer? No, y'all already know Team Duckworth all the way. Of course. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, is a... I think on some of the, I mean, I do think she has some natural strengths, like we kind of alluded to already. She's definitely uh, already been fully vetted. The same, her and Warren have the two big, two big advantages of already being vetted and already having high name recognition. Yeah. So that kind of makes a little bit of that job easy. Like if you look at any of those I mean, polls of debated on national stages, right? A lot. Of yeah, like. You know they can both handle it. Now the one thing with uh, Harris is, even if you watched, like, if you, uh, depending on how much you know, how closely y'all watch those debates, she was never able to really defend her record um, as a prosecutor, which is definitely a big question mark. Like, we get it. Obviously, Joe Biden hasn't had a perfect political career. Very few people have, but you've got to be able to defend your record. That's true. And and then also the other thing about her is um, the fact that she also had that attack line about Biden, yeah. about That's him it. not supporting Boston, yeah. um, which, of course, later on in follow-up questions, she also didn't support um, busing outside of school districts, which was interesting that she attacked him for something that she herself agreed with him on. <laughs> um, and you just know, again, this is going to be the attack ad it will be her in that debate will be the attack ad that Trump will run. So again, you've got to know what will Trump use. And that's what he's going to use in this case. Now she is a black woman and that's an advantage. But if you look at her support, it's kind of like building a strength on a strength where she's popular with the same segment of Americans that Joe Biden is. Um, and she specifically has high older black support yeah she might, she actually yeah, about, yeah, she might not even be popular among regular black people but like young black people don't no. like kamala Harris, and so i really i kind of feel like why go down that lens now again if i had ten dollars to bet on the presidential race right now the vp race right now i'm probably putting seven of them on harris <laughs> um I don't want it to be that way. I feel like it might be, but I, I feel like she's definitely, when you look at the first rule of picking a VP, a lot of times you talk to political people, they say, you know, the first rule is do no harm. And that's not what I see with Harris. And also, again, being frank as well, if you look at where Biden has gained support recently, it is among, it is among um, specifically white voters, are older white voters 
And just be ready that if she is the pick, you are going to see yeah. even less subtle dog whistle from the Trump campaign to scare off those votes. So yeah. think about well, like, even, sorry, I just hijacked your question, Saul. But no, 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 go for it. Like, you know, along those lines, if you're looking for like middle America white voter who maybe swings or doesn't, like, what about a Whitmer? as the option. So my big thought with Whitmore, Whitmer is kind of like with all of these people who we're talking about who are currently in governing positions. So when you select anybody who is either, who's in the, like either a mayor or a governor, basically what you're saying is a certain percentage of your ticket success is then going to be tied to how their city or state does with COVID for the rest of the election. Yeah. So when you select a Whitmore, you're saying, hey, if shit gets bad in Michigan, that is now the story of the campaign. You how don't you internally don't have control over that anymore. But like if the rest of the country is a shit show over COVID, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I, I think it just makes it I think it just makes a harder case to prosecute the ineptitude of Donald Trump's handling of COVID. Yeah. And it can then come off as like hypocritical, like, oh, well, her state's a mess, yet she's coming after the president. She just won with such huge margins, unexpectedly. Uh, yeah, now the interesting thing about her too, though, is if you actually look at the polling, and again, polling is kind of all over the place, especially on VP picks, because we know <laughs> it really impacts things. She's actually um, not, not even a majority of Michiganders uh, want her to be the VP pick. So that's kind of some interesting polling there that there's not even Why overwhelming support. Do they want her to be the She has very, I mean, maybe part of that is because she does have pretty high approval ratings in Michigan. So it's that's always been interesting to me that they don't want her to represent their state on a national stage. They want her where she is. So, yeah, I don't know much about her. I just know she's governor of Michigan, and a couple of times she was saying that it's not going to be her that he picks. You know, but don't they all do that? Oh, whoever he picks, I will support the decision all the way. But I could just see well, Biden being like, she's a down-to-earth lady. You can grab a beer with her. Like, I could see him doing Middle like, of America, right? Michigan. Yeah, like, I could see him doing a whole spin. Uh, and she hasn't been governor for long, so like, she doesn't really have a track record to really attack one way or the other. Um, hmm. Is uh, that he didn't win, you know, that, that, that is uh, a state in play. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely, I mean, you definitely look at that. When we look at the data, it does say basically that, you know, the only time it has impact is in the actual state. So it is, could have that impact there. Um, yeah, I just feel like I worry about giving up some of that control there on that front and knowing that you're kind of losing a little bit of the narrative, that narrative control. Also, she is um, a white woman, so you do know that the segment of... Oh, yeah, definitely going to if he picks her. Oh, yeah, because I mean, definitely if you pick a white woman, you're going to get a big bit of critiques on that end immediately. Yeah, still, but there's also like uh there's also a 
feeling that some of the black candidates don't fully represent the younger generation, right? Well, I'll tell you right now that um, my sister Val Demings does not, and neither does Kamala Harris. But if you're looking at like a long shot, like uh, Stacey Abrams. Dang, that's what I was going to bring up. Go ahead. Or yeah, no, just like a long shot, like Stacey Abrams, who, you know, when you think about her campaign, which was like, not too long. Was it like two years ago? Yeah, she ran like, yeah. yeah. You know, she she almost became the first black governor of Georgia. You know, and she she um she ended the year of 2019 with uh, with being the most Googled politician. So that's that shows that a lot of people have some interest in her. I really selfishly want her to keep doing her fair fight organization because it's doing so much good work. That's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say. That. <laughs> She hasn't been able to activate so many voters, though, that, you know, if she was to get into that lane of trying to be VP, that's something she would have to, um, she would have to let go. You know what I mean? And, but, you know, that would be a plus for his campaign because she would still be able to, to mobilize voters like she did in 2018. But then I think that if she were to get that pick, that would be it after that. Um, yeah. Oh, no, sorry. it's okay. I was just gonna say, I, I, you know, is she is she not too black for everybody? You know what I mean? Is is that a is that a thing against her or 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 not? Nah, I don't, I don't I, think, I think so. I don't think so. At this point, at this point, anybody, anybody who, um, I think someone who would be too black would be possibly, um, possibly uh, somebody like Keisha Lance Bottoms. You know what I mean? Who who by. Even though those campaign signs would be, a <laughs> that's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I, but but you know, unfortunately, you, you, yeah, you kind of got to think that way sometimes. Yeah. Lowest hanging fruit, right? So all he's gonna say is Stacy was a loser, right? Like she lost. Yeah. That's all he's gonna say is that Biden picked a loser. That's going to be his narrative. And then Stacey can come back with like, how about how you hijacked the election? Like, let's talk about that. Right. Like she can have a retort for it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Now my actual biggest critique of Stacey and why I personally wouldn't want her to see her as VP is I, I know that she was minority leader in the legislative body in Georgia. Georgia, but I just, I personally, especially with Joe Biden's age, advanced age, I think you need somebody who has reached a little higher of political office because you want to make sure that person is ready on day one. And I worry with with Stacey Abrams that she doesn't necessarily have as much governing experience, especially since she was in Georgia. So let's be honest, she didn't do any very much governing because she was in the minority in a Republican state. So that would be my biggest concern and critique of her. Yeah, plus um, I remember Chuck Schumer wanted her to run for the Senate uh, mm-hmm. in 2020, and she turned that down last year. So yeah. I don't know that she, you know, I, I don't think that last year she figured she would be on the, that she would be on the shortlist to be a VP pick. So it's probably yeah. not an aspiration that she has, or at least not right now. Hmm. Fair fight. Keep it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Love the work that she's doing, even though I think that she does have that legitimate critique of potentially being not experienced enough for 
somebody that close to the presidency. Yeah. And I, uh, I mean, it's it's sort of a weird conversation to have about like who can step into that role, right? Because like look at who's in the presidency right now, right? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's such a weird conversation to have because that is obviously what we would normally look like in normal times of like, all right, mm -hmm. if they need to step into that role, what's their experience level? But like we've got a clown in the office, so I don't know. She seems pretty good. <laughs> 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 oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, anybody is experienced next to Donald J. Trump. Oh, yes, for uh, real. Um, let's uh, if 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 that's right with you guys, I want to take a quick break because I uh, I gotta go refill my margarita. Top shit. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it'll be about five minutes. We'll be back. Um, and I I know you got some work to do, but you're more than welcome to come back in about five minutes. I'll uh. I'll send you that little link again and uh, we can kind of talk a little bit more about this. I also wanted to kind of get your thoughts on uh, the whole microaggression uh, Yoho had. Well, and Mr. I, and I hope that we're going to be talking about Susan Rice as well, since I know she's been getting some, yeah. some pop out of late. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, stick around guys. If you're listening to this week's episode of Saw's Life. Uh, we'll be right back. Welcome everyone back to uh, the second half of uh, this episode of Saw's Life. Uh, let me welcome Emily back on and my main man Brock. How you guys doing? Doing second well. <laughs> <laughs> I have a trial to prep for. <laughs> yeah, well, it'll be quick. You know, you don't have to look. This is this is at your. Uh, you know, at your convenience. So you know, <laughs> whenever you gotta go, you gotta go. You're a you're a big shot attorney up in DC. So. Mm, she's a DC lawyer. Yeah, yeah I appreciate you all accommodating me in the scheduling. <laughs> oh, girl, you don't even know. I think usually we start around this time, and, that, and that's like on the good days. I'm usually like in bed by now. <laughs> Nah, girl. I don't. I won't tell you what Saul is around this time. I won't put your business out like that. Yeah. Whatever, oh. man. We can say it. So I'm at the age. Where, oh, you know, stop got... it, brother. Yo, the <laughs> listeners don't want to hear all that. I've got regular bowel movements. Schedule the listeners. <laughs> oh no. Um, no, he's right. I. Uh, I'm just. I'm. I'm just bad about. Uh, about managing time a little bit, but um, yeah. <laughs> but this but the thing is, so this is how I justify it to myself is that uh, I'm like, oh well, Ross got a kid and he got to put him to sleep, so I, I, <laughs> I feel like I feel like oh yeah, you know I'm I'm doing him a favor, be giving him some extra couple minutes, and then I'd be like, yo, you you good? And then he'll be like, uh, give me a couple more minutes. I'm making a drink. <laughs> fix myself this drink later. Slowest <laughs> <laughs> oh. bartender on the planet. Well, listen, my, I. I had to make my margarita, and I also had a pack a bowl. <laughs> well, there you go. Hey, your, night, your night sounds a lot more fun than me. I brushed my teeth in the. <laughs> so, I don't know if you could smell it, but good smelling breath coming your way this time. <laughs> <laughs> Got that minty freshness. Like <laughs> 
Brock has great habits. I love it. Oh man, he's so responsible. <laughs> I have but, but, but yet, so hold off on those praise. I got <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Well, guys, thanks for joining me back. Um, and uh before we left, um, we had mentioned Susan Rice. Um, that we kind of wanted to well go ahead, Brock. I'll let you take it away, man. Yeah, so I mean, uh Susan Rice, uh Ambassador Rice, um, she obviously has been for those who don't know, um, uh, she was a big part of the Obama administration. Already has a really good relationship with Joe Biden since they were still relationship. Relationship. Yes. Benghazi as you speak. With that <laughs> like, I was about to get there. I was okay. about to get there. Maybe if you speak about her credentials and I just yell over you, Benghazi, <laughs> that might give us a preview of how that'll go. <laughs> yeah, that's basically um, there we go. That is how it works. So she is a very um, educated, decorated, uh, and in DC, basically her whole life, um, very highly respected, very intelligent, um, somebody who's very qualified for it. The biggest knocks on her are the legitimate knock of the fact that she's never been elected to a public office before. She's always worked in the administration, in the state department. Um, so that being a big knock that she actually hasn't ran for anything previously um and then also the knock that uh she said mi misstated um the realities of benghazi uh, uh immediately after the attack and we the republicans have made it their, their lives mission to make sure we never forget that he originally blamed some stupid video of somebody burning a quran or something like that so yeah, that would be the critiques against her. A lot of people in D.C. really think it's going to be her. Um, I can tell you, though, definitely like Emily said, it's going to be if she's the pick. She is a, a black woman, so she has it to her advantage when we're thinking about uh, the pick. Um, but the entire attacks against her are going to be two things you're going to hear. You're going to hear about Benghazi, and you're going to hear drain the swamp as she's – been in DC for so, so long, so even grew up staffer so. for the Dukakis, cam Dukakis campaign back in '88. Hold on, she was a what? She was a staffer. She was a staffer for like wow. when uh, when Dukakis was running. So she's been she's been around for a long time. But don't underestimate that. Like mm -hmm. I know, like she's never run for office. She's not gonna bring in like a block of voters or states with her. You know. If he picks Whitmer, we we have, we figure she'll mm -hmm. bring something from Michigan, right? Swing state. Um, she he picks Duckworth, looking at Illinois. If he picks the other Tammy Baldwin, it will be Wisconsin. If he picks um, there's Karen Bass. Well, she's the chairwoman of the Congressional Black Caucus, so she's bringing in you know those people are bringing in voters. But Susan Rice, she's been with him like she's in the trenches with Biden since mm -hmm. 08. You know what I mean? And um. And yeah, they've been yep. through all the times together, like Benghazi, where you know she did what she did, kind of like trying to cover for the administration and their mess up in terms of decision making that relates to that. And old black politicians love her. Like, all right. So, real quick, before we get too too far into this, can I get like the layman's men's terms, like refresher course in Benghazi? <laughs> 
I want to hear Emily. Oh. Emily, Emily, yeah, tell that's, me. That's, that's why I got quiet because Benghazi. Oh, and, you know, an embassy was stormed, and then we didn't have our facts straight right away, and so then we all got blamed for it, and then. Republican Congress dragged us through the fucking streets for years and keep yelling about Benghazi. Like it, it yeah. Or it years. I mean, like I, I remember. It is I know not what happened, to but it's the loss of life, but it is like not her fault, <laughs> and yet that is the stain on her reputation for all the work that she has done. That is yep. what she's known for, and it's bullshit. But, like, that's the situation. And I think that Biden and her have, like, a very long-term good relationship. I think he gets along with her. I think it would make sense on a personal level to choose her. But if you're picking path of least resistance, it's not her. Like, that's just not the fight you want to have right now. Yep. I I agree with you 100%. I mean, I, th- I hear really great things. I mean, honestly, I don't know her as well. I didn't know her until her role as ambassador to the United Nations. Um, she's definitely somebody who's got a lot of qualifications, but never been in elected office. She's got the Benghazi. And, and honestly, if he picks her, I think I'm just going to have to like take a shot every time I hear Benghazi because otherwise there's no way I'm making it. If you do that, there's no way you're making it to the end of that day. Are you kidding <laughs> the interview? That's true. That's true. I might need to make sure I uh, get my mail on ballot. When Elizabeth Warren was on the shortlist, I was like, I swear to God, if I have to hear Pocahontas every day, I'm going <laughs> to. And then Susan Rice has been uh-huh. the picture, and I was like, all right, Benghazi. All right. That's more. I don't. I don't fucking know. It's like that, but that's the low hanging fruit he goes for. Stacey Abrams is going to be the loser. Elizabeth Warren is the Pocahontas. Susan Rice is the Benghazi, right? Like Gretchen Whitmer's that woman. <laughs> <laughs> that woman. You know, I guess that woman is uh, preferable to all the others. <laughs> <laughs> or you just have, you know, yeah. Duckworth, yeah. the war hero. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, he had no um, he had no qualms going after McCain for being a for being a oh a, a prisoner of war. So I, I I'm not afraid. I, oh yeah, he'll go after her. It's just a lot harder to go after her when you're literally seeing the fact that she doesn't have her legs. Because of her sacrifice to the country, yeah, it's a lot, makes it a lot harder here, my friend. But do you see Pence doing that? Like, if if Duckworth and Pence were on stage, I don't think Pence would do that, right? No, so Pence wouldn't. Him, Pence still thinks he has a career. Uh, right. Doesn't Pence? Pence doesn't talk to women, right? He's gonna have to bring mother on stage. Very illicit things happen at dinner, as you know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, I just, you know, the guy's a quack to me, but whatever, it is what it is. But yeah, Susan Rice is somebody who I've heard a lot of people in the know really highly consider her. So I think she's somebody that we should definitely keep in mind. It's not somebody who I'd pick, but the big thing, if he does pick Susan Rice, that I that he'll really be trying to signal to everybody, Joe will. Is that this is back? We're getting gang <laughs> back together, basically. Like if we're going all the hits, Obama's the uh, secretary of into it. State. Uh huh. 
Oh yeah, they're gonna be like, hey, let's put <laughs> Michelle in the Supreme Court. Let's you're gonna hear it all. Like it's gonna be let's go yeah. back, let's bring the game back together. Hmm. So I'm kind of looking over the list here. Keisha Lance Bottoms, the mayor of Atlanta. ATL, baby. Really? She's on the A- short list? ATL Georgia. Winner do it. Oh yeah. And Karen Bass, huh? I mean, yeah, I I think Karen Bass is way more Way, way more likely than Bob. So, I agree. Um, because number one, yes, Karen Bass. We we said that this it seems to be the wave now to try to have like a a, a black woman. And I, as mentioned earlier, she's the um, she's the chairwoman of the Congressional Black Caucus. You know what I'm saying? She's basically like pushing for police reform right now. She's the one who's kind of like the architect of the of that agenda. You know, in in the what in the house, you know, she's got pro- progressive um, credentials since she's been in the in the house for so long, and yeah, she is a progressive. There's uh, there's no there's mm-hmm. no denying it, and you know, she was like, she was, uh, but she was in office back with like Rodney King, <laughs> back when the whole Rodney King riots happened and stuff like that. So so I can see her happening, definitely like being picked. But you know what? Why not throw in some fresh blood in there, like Keisha Lance Bottoms? I mean, what what would be a big knock against her? Really, it's just that it would be a big leap from municipal office to the White House. But when we look at who we have in office right now, was it that big of a leap from from reality TV to the White House? I don't know. I hear you on that, Ross. I do think though the thing we also have to remember. And this is just knowing what what the president is going to use is the fact that the ATL is the black city in a lot of Americans. Yeah, it's like, it's like, what, when they it's like the Wakanda one. of the and United he's already, States. And, he's, and Donald Trump is already going out and I mean, I'm sure you all have seen or heard about his attacks on the fact that Democrats and Joe Biden want to get rid of the suburbs. And all of that, and that will be the entire the entire narrative against her. And then also, similar to Whitmore, you do give up a little bit of narrative control because of her being a sitting mayor. So you do have the fact that if COVID starts getting really bad there, or depending on how her case, uh, the case against her goes by Kemp, that will all be even bigger national news and really start to define the race a little bit. Yeah, I that, but um, I would still, I, I, I think like, I, so my pick, of course, like I said, is Tammy Duckworth. Like that's, that's who I'm, I, I will die on that hill. You know what I'm saying? But uh, <laughs> no, yeah, no shame, you know what I'm saying? But, but I do. Hey, I said it was going to be one of the Tammies up there with you. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying, but but the reason why I really do like Keisha Lance Bottoms is because she would it would be uh, someone who shakes things up. She's actually isn't she like one of the younger ones at 50 out of all the other picks because you got somebody who's like 52, 55, and she gives up that she gives off that younger vibe. So she would definitely mobilize younger voters. She went to FAMU. You don't get any more blacker than that. So uh, nah. I still like her. I, this and is, I'm, and this I'm is not a, oh, go ahead. Other, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I'm this is not a commentary on her looks. 
But when I see her, I first, like, if she was in the White House, I saw her, like, as a principal of the school, like, we're going to get our shit in order. Like, you're not, you sit it down at your desk, do your work, you're getting detention. Like, she just looked like a no-nonsense, like, we're going to clean house and get it together. Like, no-nonsense. Straight up. No, I... I like that a lot. And I, I think I, you're right about that. I that, That's what I thought as well when I saw her. And I was like, you know, she means business. Um, but I just hope everybody else kind of sees that. Go ahead, Brock. I didn't mean to cut you off right there. Oh, no, no, you're good. I do think the other thing's definitely worth when we're talking about her is also the fact that um, she fired Straight the up. police chief in Atlanta. Um, and so she's actually the mayor that's been seen as being like, not just doing the performative acts uh, with BLM, She's but also doing the real work. So that would, and yeah, and her being COVID, because I mean, that's the other thing that we didn't talk about. If if it's her, it COVID will definitely be, she'll be able to prosecute that case really well. And the same going back to Elizabeth Warren, another thing that is a plus, in my opinion, in Warren's category is the fact that her, which is awful to say it's a plus because it's obviously super sad, is that her older brother actually, mm. her brother actually died from COVID earlier this year so that she will be able to prosecute Donald Trump's ineptitude on COVID better than a lot of people. Both of these women would. Wow, I didn't even think about that. That's a great point. Yeah, but, you know, like, but, I, like the- it's a really hard thing to do, right? Like, it's hard for you to do that in a very, like, thread the needle way that it doesn't look like you're just mm-hmm. trying to, like, win points. It actually comes out at, like, a totally authentic yeah. moment. It cannot be scripted. Like, that sort of thing cannot be unleashed in a yeah. pre-planned way or it looks totally calculated. Mm-hmm. Or if it is pre-planned, nobody yeah, else yeah, no. pre-planned. I mean, I'm, I'm dealing with COVID all the time in my cases up here. And I have people in my firm who have lost family members or have themselves had COVID. And there are times where I want to be like, my own so-and-so had COVID through no fault of the Lord. But like, I can't do that because it's too opportunistic, right? Like it's got yeah. to come from a completely organic space yeah. for her. Because that one, like the other guy would be like, objection, yeah. your honor. <laughs> on what ground, Saul? Please. Let me like, come on, whatever. She's trying to something sway the emotion or something, right? Isn't something about that? She's right? trying yeah. to say something relevant. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Before we move off of bottoms, um, Saul, I would like to ask a commitment of you. If Biden picks bottoms, can I get you to commit right here that you will get Biden bottoms tattooed <laughs> oh, on your ass? Yeah, why not? I'll do it. I'll, I'll do pay it. for it. I'll pay for it. There you go. I'll do it. This is, Biden this bottoms. is unfortunately, Emily. Or, this is when the podcast goes left. There's always a one. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't think it would come from you, Brock. I'm supposed to be in bed by now. It's you know. Oh, train has left the station. I am. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you one thing though. Um, in, in all honesty, I uh. I'm excited about a, a, a woman VP. You know, I, I wish no. it was a woman president. No. Like I, I, I really do. I, I see, and and I'll I'll ask you why you say that in a second. But I, I just think, like, like women get shit done. 
they they and and you know I might be biased. I was raised by a single mom. Um, Preach. You know, but I've never seen anybody stronger than a than a single mother of two. You know, <laughs> a single mother in general. Let mm-hmm. let alone, you know, an immigrant. You know, from another country, and then you know mm-hmm. doesn't know the language a hundred percent either. I, I I just think, like it, it's it we need it. We we just need somebody up there with a with a chancleta that's ready to slap it on somebody's <laughs> forehead. You know what I mean? If they mess up. Um, and I think that's a great point, Saul. And I I also think that I would definitely love for those of you that don't know. Um, her history about the history of like women VP uh, nominees. Obviously we kind of all think of Sarah Palin just because of the recency, but I definitely would encourage everybody to look into um, Congress, Congresswoman um, Ferrero, who was the first um, VP nominee. And she's super awesome. And she did some work. And unfortunately she wasn't, the VP, obviously, they did lose that election. Ronald Reagan won re-election um, in mm-hmm. 1984, I believe. Um, but I definitely would encourage all of you to look into her story because it's super cool and super inspiring. And also definitely in the legacy that whoever of these qualified women, even though we have opinions, very qualified women being considered, hope to live up to her legacy and bring that same grace and poise to the role that she brought um, us, that Ferrero but, brought as well. So, so why why not a female president? Is that, um, what, is that what you're saying? On the hot seat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. No, no, no. So, so let me say that, like, let me preface this with, like, white woman not trying to sound like what was me. But, like, Hillary Clinton losing the election was devastating on a core level because what it said to me was like they would rather have a racist sexual assaulter yeah no qualifications yeah in the white house like all these people just discussed all of them infinitely more qualified than him right so it was devastating on a core level like that told me that the patriarchy and misogyny ran so deep right yeah this time around, I actually would talk to people and I would say, I do not want to feel a candidate because I can't sustain another loss again. And I don't care who it is. I just can't do it. Like I actively was like, I want a male candidate this year because I can't. We decided that the racist rapist was better than the woman. Like her flaws, you decided mm-hmm. that like her emails were more important than like sexual assault. I fucking can't. I, I psychologically can't do it. And so I was like, nope, I want a male candidate this time because the stakes are too high. I can't deal with it. Pick the safe candidate. I don't care who it is. I'll hold my nose and vote, whatever. Right. And so, like, when we talk about who the VP is going to be, a lot of my calculus is like, who will middle America swallow to vote mm-hmm. for? Like, it, it is. My calculus is, is really like, I can't sustain another loss. I cannot hear him berate another woman down to like nothingness. I just can't do it. So like, I'm like, mm. pick the best one and like, let's run with them. But like, you know, just make the clearest path possible. 
not interested in it. Well, like that's a fight for another day because clearly America was not ready for it last time around. Like you can't sit there and tell me that like, oh, Hillary Clinton had her problems. Yeah, every candidate has their problems. But we decided the rapist, racist was better. And so self-professed self too. He, he, he had no, no qualms letting it be known. I mean, when, when women came out about him sexually assaulting them, he literally said, well, look at her. I would never do that to a yep. woman like that. Yep. And white women fucking voted for him. Sorry, I didn't wear it a lot tonight. But like, this mm -hmm. is like, nope, I can't. Not interested in it. It is, it is so hard. And I can only imagine what it will feel like for a woman of color to be on the Veep stage and feel his wrath and all of his followers, mm. the mouth that are going to rain down on them. Yeah. So traumatizing to people. Mm. I do envy their shoes. That is for sure. Um, that is what they're signing up for. It's tough. Yeah, I mean, like I talked about earlier, I mean, I think you did a great job talking there, Emily, and it definitely, it's it's sad to see, and I mean, I was even blind to it. Even after 2016, I thought a lot of it was, oh, like, Hillary was super on, you know, we knew she had super low favorables and all of this other stuff, and it really wasn't until I saw how Biden just destroyed Bernie compared to... 2016 and Bernie's performance that I really was even awakened to even the sexism yeah, in yeah. the Democrat. Well, there's party. been there, you know there's been new studies now like the people who voted for Biden in the primary last time around and then voted for Trump right and not Hillary. We thought that those people like what's up with them? Like it really comes down to like. A woman thing for a lot of them, and that's discouraging. Yeah. <laughs> that, like, yeah. <laughs> that's not yeah. that doesn't make me want to get out of bed in the morning. Uh, so, yeah. like I, I think, think it's high time that we have a woman, but I but I think it's like a groundswell, right? Like it is women do shit done and they are the backbone of this country, yep. particularly working class. And yeah, and yeah. the Democratic and, Party. Um, but we have not made sufficient inroads to make people, you know, we have to have the perfect candidate for a woman to be qualified, right? It's, you know, but that's like, I think that's the same of many outclasses, right? Like, you have to have the perfect back, like Kamala Harris made it where she was because she ticked the boxes to make it up the ladder right like she couldn't be too liberal she couldn't be too this or that right she had to fall in line mm -hmm. that's to a fact so like and now we hold that against her right it's, indeed it's really tough yeah. um you know hmm. well <clears throat> i'd vote for a woman president <laughs> i don't care whatever you would or you did hey the hope, the hope is gonna... you would or you did. <laughs> I did, I did, and I would again. Yeah, no, it's like, yeah, but um, it, it's just it's a shame that. I mean, I I don't know, you know, it's a shame that that's kind of reality. 
I uh and keeping mm. it with uh strong women and uh like the theme of strong women and um Emily, you being a strong woman as well. <laughs> uh there was an Emily Davidson back in nineteen thirteen. Uh, out in England that uh, was kind of like the leader of the women's suffrage movement there. And um, she ended up stepping out in front of this racetrack in front of the King's horse and actually died because of it four days. Damn, she, she went out like that? Yes, bro. Died for anybody. Just... <laughs> well, I'm just saying, but you know, I, I, I saw that video. It's up on the Saul's Life on Facebook if anybody wants to see it. But after I saw that video and, you know, I, I, I took a, a, a little bit of a dive in a the women's suffrage movement and all that stuff. And it is just mm. wild. And at that point I'm like, all right, we, we need a female like leader up here now. That's yeah. it, period. Like that, that's, that's well, and then I just think of my mom. In this like, moment, like they're all very complicated, right? Like racially, they're very complicated. Classes, very complicated, right? Like even hard to call it a movement in certain mm -hmm. circumstances, but uh, but yes, I agree. We do need female leaders. I just don't think we're ready for one now, and I don't really want to deal with the psychological wounding. <laughs> no, I totally understand. You know, um... Well, I mean, and, and speaking of the psychological wounding, not to segue into this like like I am now, but what we saw uh, last week with AOC Fuck and that uh, guy, man, and, mm. and uh, what's his face? Uh, Ted Yoho, man. Fuck him. <laughs> yeah, so Emily, what what did you say that his wife should what? I said his wife should file for divorce. No, she ain't. He's, <laughs> she should though. This it, it, is, okay, I'm a divorce attorney. This is her moment to capture it, to be like, I didn't know it had gone that far. She needs to capitalize on it right now. <laughs> She's been with that dude since they were 19 years old. She know who, who he is. She's got a prime case for alimony right now. <laughs> she can go nowhere. She probably supports that behavior. Emily, did I hear that you're waving your hands no, if she'd I like to contact you on your I hate <laughs> uh, I, um, I, I mean, have we ever seen... I, I mean, refresh my memory other, other than, like, the whole... Hamilton duel because we all saw it on Disney Plus or whatever. But no, has anybody, any like congressperson, <laughs> has ever been accosted like that? Like you're asking me, or any? I don't know. Can anyone remember anything like that? Oh, I mean, Congress used to have straight up fights occasionally back in the day. Um, but I mean, it's definitely one of those things that. Um, you know, it definitely exposed a lot of things for all the guys out there and really everybody out there. If you haven't watched her speech in full, I definitely encourage you to watch AOC's speech. It's absolutely amazing. She's such a badass, an inspiration to all of us. Um, but I definitely think, though, this to me, and I think another person who was really valuable hearing on it was Nancy Pelosi. And as somebody who grew up in a very conservative household, I had been hearing those type of words about Nancy Pelosi, my whole, like as long as she had been around, as long as I was aware of her. And I definitely think it's awakening, even though we might not have heard that before those kind of specific interactions where Yoho was just an idiot and the media was yeah. right there and overheard what he said. Um, those stuff gets said all the time. And 
it just definitely is another exposure of exposure of the sexism in our system and specifically and hopefully this ends the stupid moronic excuse like excuse of i have oh my god like that's your link to being a human a decent human being how about the fact that they're just a goddamn human Uh, being yeah i uh i really liked her speech and but there's there's moments if you listen really carefully or you watch her you can see her trying to compose herself and kind of like stuff it down when she's saying it didn't affect her when she's like it was okay I've dealt with this like you can see it you can see it tamped down inside of her Mm -hmm. like she actually wasn't okay and she actually like was struggling to give that speech right but like yeah she's Puerto Rican from the Bronx to be vulnerable in that situation which you know, whatever, but like you can actually you can hear it in her voice, right? Really strong. Mm-hmm. Um, like moments of quiver. I'm telling you, those mo- I don't mm. even know if it were moments of quiver. It was moments of that mother effer is lucky that I he's not here right now that I'll strangle him because <laughs> she's a bartender, she's Puerto Rican, she's from the Bronx. And I'll tell you right now, I've worked with many female bartenders. You do not as a, as as anyone else or anybody you, with, you don't you, you don't you don't even think of those words towards her direction you know what i mean cuz you get you get yoked up and <laughs> yep. molly whopped at the bar beat up by her and kicked out <laughs> like, she didn't have that option on the steps of congress she sure did not you know, so you know it's it's like but it's and, one of those things that like lingers with people. Like even when they at first are like, "Fuck him, I don't give a shit." Like it lingers with you, you know. Like it's with any sort of slur at all. Like right, like it takes a toll that you don't necessarily anticipate, and you definitely see it, see it reeling with her. And you don't and you don't expect something like that to happen on the steps of the Capitol, right? You right. know, what I mean? like all yeah. that bullshit ends when you leave the floor. Right. You're in a crowded bar, you walk past someone and like fucking bitch, you're like, fuck you, whatever, you keep it moving, right? Like it's totally different to be in a completely open situation where it's not, you just don't expect it. And, and my man was like, really like in her face like that. And his, and I don't know, you guys, did you guys see his apology? Like, <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Number one, he had to read it. You know what I mean? And then number two, he starts talking about how he like he has a relationship with poverty. You know, you know, we know what it's like to be poor. What does it have to do with you calling her a fucking bitch? But you know, he, he's he's like, Oh, everybody knows that I'm passionate. Yep, and that's why you're allowed to do this. I guess no, man. Like this everyone knows I'm passionate. That's why I beat my wife sometimes. Exactly. How is that an excuse? I mean the exactly. One of the most upsetting things that I mean, I, I'm not going to get into all of my critiques on the American Christian church, but the church should be furious that he ends his apology by saying that like, he's not going to apologize for his Again. religion. <laughs> Thank you. Where where did Jesus ever call Thank anybody you. a fucking bitch? I want to go to that church. <laughs> <laughs> Like I didn't re- when I read the Bible, you know, 
the few times I did, I didn't, I must have missed that part. Oh man. It was just like, it was, it was, that's, that's what was angering. Like, so, you know, my wife had told me about what happened, but it hadn't registered with me. It takes me a while to process things. She was like, yeah, he called her, you know, she, she didn't even tell me that he called her a fucking bitch. She was just like that they had, a, that they had a, an altercation. And then she later on told me that, but it still wasn't registering with me until I saw his apology. And I was like, hold on. Why? What does that have to do? It, and then that's when it all clicked. I was so pissed. I was like, yo, this dude literally like prayed because that's what that was. You know, that was predatory behavior. Dude literally preyed on her mm-hmm. twice. I, uh, the part mm-hmm. the part of her speech that really got me um, was when she said that, uh, you know, she's lucky her dad's not here right now. To and um, yeah, I mean, oh. you know, I've like I said, my mom, you know, raised me and me and my my younger sister, uh, you know, herself since uh, since I was probably what eight, I want to say, and. Uh, I can't imagine as her son somebody saying that to her ever in any situation. Um, I can't imagine as an older brother, like someone, you know, even trying my sister like that uh, mm. out anywhere. You know, I, my, <laughs> all right. So it was, uh, I want to say it was probably like 2002, 2003. Oh, you about oh you about to confess to some things? No, no, no. <laughs> well, there is a lawyer on the call, so that's a plus. <laughs> and, I'm um, not licensed in Florida. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, you choose your words wisely. No, it's nothing bad. But uh, she she was at a she was at a house party, and um, I'm hanging out uh, with my girlfriend at the time, and uh, I get a phone call. My sister, and she's like, "Yo, this guy is." messing with me at this party like i mean she didn't have to even tell me anything that he said or any i mean i got up left the apartment got in my honda civic or my honda accord it was a honda accord 1996 honda accord the 96 honda the honda diablo honda diablo (laughs) and uh i went over there and it probably took about four or five people to pull me like prime me off this guy so, you know, when AOC said that on the floor on her speech about her dad not being there, you know, and obviously, you know, my father passed when I was young and him not being around to kind of protect the, the women in our family, you know, whatever, as machismo as that sounds, you know, I but I, I, I you know, I take that to heart because it's like, well, it's up to me. And yeah, but- I mean, I'll be damned if anybody says anything like that to my mom or my sister. But that's you know but that's I mean? the point. That's the point. Like, this motherfucker already did. He said that shit, number one. Number two, that's not something that you should have to worry about protecting your daughter. Like some jackass literally accosting her outside of her job, which is one of the most prestigious jobs, if not in America, definitely Mm -hmm. in the world. You know what I'm saying? And and this is happening. Like, this guy is 65 years old. And if he's saying that in public, what's he saying in private, right? So can she, not be, can yep. she not be vice president? Is she not on the short list? Is that a bad idea? She's too young, right? Yeah, she's 30. I think you got how old you mm-hmm. got to be VP? Like 30, 35. 35. Uh, I thought she's that was too young. You can't even be a senator, son. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, no. I heard um, they will come. 
That's wild. Um, man, guys, it's been uh, like awesome talking to you all about all this. Uh, I guess let's just start kind of wrapping it up a little bit. Um, M, any uh, any final words? Any final thoughts on anything? <laughs> it's like Jerry Springer style. That's a lot of pressure. I don't think so. <laughs> no, nothing. Well, thanks for being on. I, mean, I apologize I for anything I said. That was not good. <laughs> you kidding me? That was a great. That was a great time, yo. You, you on? Yeah, play. I've. Uh, I've been, away. I told her. I was telling her earlier today, or I mean, probably yesterday when I asked her if she had some time today. I was like, I've been getting a lot of flack for not having. A uh, a female like opinion or female voice on on the show. Good shout out. Like, I shout was out the to... token. What's that? I was the token. Yeah. Well, you know the thing is, you know, I just had to I had to make sure it was like the right person. You know, are you the token or are you a pioneer? Are you a trailblazer? <laughs> but I did do a very good job because I talked about how I didn't want a female candidate. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, no, you're good. And Ross, that was a good point. What did, what, what was that, Ross? No, I said, I said, are you a token or are you a pioneer? Are you a trailblazer? <laughs> first ah, of many, geez. but still the first, my friend. I don't know. I guess that depends on if I come back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, obviously, you're more than welcome to always be back on anytime. Any, any, anytime you got some free time. Um, I was going to say shout out to to like Jessica Roman and, and, and everybody else out there. That was like kind of telling me like, yo, you need to get a get a chick on there. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, did think, they like, really say that to you? you? Need to get a chick? No, not a chick. You know, that's just me and my demeaning. You know, I already yelled at about his language. It's fine. We're working yeah. on it. <laughs> yeah, we're we're past that. We're way past. We're that. we're trying. He's trying. <laughs> <laughs> but um, thank like thanks again, seriously for uh for uh, for coming on tonight. Um. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brock, thank you, man, for all your time. You got anything uh, you kind of want to say? Yo, thank you, man. Thanks for being like, really enjoyed being here with y'all. I'm always down. And then, uh, just with today being, um, you know, uh, Representative Lewis being late to rest, I would just, you know, encourage everybody to go uh, start some good trouble. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Start some good trouble. Start some good trouble, man. Yeah, that's true. That's a, that was a big deal. They actually interrupted prices right for that <laughs> today. But in all seriousness, for real, that's uh... how high were you when you were watching the prices right? <laughs> you know, I mean, just the regular, I guess. You know, wake and bake, regular morning high. You know what I mean? Nothing, nothing out of the usual. <laughs> But then all of a sudden, you know, I'm I'm pretty pissed too because, you know, Wayne Brady's on the Price is Right all first off, and I'm thinking like, what is happening right now with this weird? Why is Wayne Brady on here? Drew Carey's on here. Then all of a sudden they got you know it flashes to uh, you know the uh, John Lewis and, and and the ceremony there, and I was like, oh, stop, this guy really, stop, really don't even finish that thought. What's that? <laughs> don't even finish that thought. Yeah, whatever. Anyways. Thanks, Brock, for your kind words. <laughs> hey, you know, again, always happy to be here. Y'all did great, and I uh, hope hope some of this was helpful. Yeah, well, no, seriously. Oh, um, Ross, you're the man. Which, uh, any shout-outs or anything like that? 
Yo, you know what? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do my usual shout outs tonight. What I am gonna tell everybody is to uh, you know, get on get on your get on your Googles, get on your um get on your your what is it, Amazon music, your YouTubes, and um listen to Kendrick Lamar's album, the last one to come out, damn, and uh listen to the last song, and then uh, holla at your boy. Oh, why? Hold on. What's going on? I'm so the last song, I was hoping you would ask because I know you're always asking questions. The last yeah. song is called Duckworth. That's my choice, baby. Duckworth. <laughs> his, his name is Kendrick Lamar Duckworth. It's actually a very good song, but that's who I support. All right. All right. So two out of two, out of two are oh. Duckworth train. You already know. We'll see where it lands. Oh, I. I'm a Duckworth fan. I I I pick her if I was. So yeah. What's up with you, I'm listen. Anybody with like bionic legs is like the. It's good in my book. Are you kidding? She doesn't have bionic legs, B. Bro, I'm all I'm saying is that is the most bad. I I can't even imagine stepping to somebody like that, and then just all this shit they've been through, literally. Yo, my G, peep game. Forget it. And She's then in you the get She'll literally in the put that foot up your ass, bro. She'll literally bro. put that robot foot up your <laughs> butt. This, this, this guy right here. She's in the helicopter, right? And it gets hit by the RPG, like Brock said. And then she's like trying to figure out why the pedals are not moving. You know what I mean? And then looks down and realizes, oh, there are no pedals. Better yet, I have no more legs. And she still manages to land that helicopter. Oof. And keep everybody in there safe. Straight Versus up. Versus the clown ass. that's in the White House. You know what I mean? Like, straight up. Dr. <laughs> Carlson tried to come for her, talk about some, she doesn't like America. She said, have him, he should walk a mile in my shoes. Oh. How is he still on air, by the way? Seriously. Mm -hmm. How's Wasn't he, he on vacay after that? Yo, I think he took a little vacay, man. <laughs> he did. He yeah. took a yeah. The vacation. fact that he had to tell us that it was planned, you know what I mean? Oh, brother. Well, again, guys, thanks for being on here. Um, everybody check out Saul's Life on Facebook because uh, I don't have a website yet. I had one and then now I don't. <laughs> I, I got to get one. I got to get it back. Um, everybody, got crowdsourcing, B. Yeah, I, I'll figure it out. Um, Saul underscore wall on Instagram and Solly D's on Twitter. Um, but yeah, guys, um, this was awesome and uh, super educational. I um, I mean, whatever. As soon as he picks a VP candidate or something, I'm pretty sure we'll have another one of these and and try to uh, try to you know try to there get some knowledgeable information out there for everybody. I look uh, forward to it. Yeah, for sure. Em, good luck on the case uh, Wednesday, right? I think. Thank you. I, I think Emily fell asleep right there, so we way past her bedtime. Yeah, yeah, we good, we good. All right, we out of here. We done. Peace, everybody. Peace. Peace.